Welcome to Roleplaying History, the podcast where we explore the history of roleplaying games. I'm Wayne Davis, and I'll be your guide for today's tour. Episode 32, Games with Short or Few Rules. Okay, so I said last week that this week's show was going to be an audible. Now, for that to make sense, i got to give you a little bit of a peek behind the curtain. About a month ago, I made the decision to research and write all four episodes for the month of December at the same time. I also intended to record the episodes as soon as I could get them written up. The idea was that due to the holiday season, I wanted to have the episodes done as quickly as possible so that I could focus on the holidays with my new grandson. So that's what I was doing. Again, I'd mentioned once that I had planned on doing a fun little piece on games ranked and rated as the worst in history. It was intended to be a fun exercise, with my goal being to try to rehabilitate as many games as possible. However, there were three games I kept hearing about that once I'd read up on them, I couldn't do the show here on this podcast. But I couldn't toss all the research I did either. So you can find out about the worst role-playing games ever created over on our YouTube channel starting right now. But let's finish this show first, okay? Okay, so we're going to look into games that have a small amount of rules. The idea for this came when I realized I was going to need a new episode to close out 2021. And this was one of those times that I'm glad Facebook can read my mind because I got a link to an article from Coleman Galaretto from January 29th, 2011. The article was titled, Pocket Tabletop Role-Playing Games with Five Pages of Rules or Less. Now there's another article we're going to utilize later on, and I will identify that article when we get there. But first, let's look at Coleman's four-game list. Oh, and if you're looking for the article, it's from ScreenRant.com. All right, game one. What's so cool about outer space? Created by Jared Sinclair, what's so cool about outer space can be found at his website, s-jared.itch.io, and it'll run you $3 if you're interested. Here's the verbiage directly from the site. What's so cool about outer space is a tiny little system for going to space no matter where you are. One. Print out the little pages and paste them in the front of a moleskin or onto 3x5 index cards. 2. Add a couple of dice. The six-sided ones, please. I've never seen a d20 in space. Have you? 3. Oh, don't forget your pencil. 4. You're good to go. On the site, 58 reviewers gave it a 5-star review, and Coleman agrees that it's a good game. As he notes... Character creation is as simple as writing down a description, a name, a job, a list of useful stuff and skills, etc. Coleman also noted that the pages of the game, what few there are, give you everything else you need to actually play the game by the rules. The rest is up to you. Again, with the number of five-star reviews, plus the fact you can get it for three bucks, I'd say if you're looking for something to gear up quickly to play, especially with new gamers, this sounds like it's worth the try. Next up on the list is Honey Heist. Now, if you're a regular viewer of Critical Role, you may be aware they did a one-shot show using this very game. In fact, Honey Heist is written specifically to be a one-shot. The entirety of the rules are one page and are available for free on the website gshoitt.itch.io slash honey-heist. 
The creator, Grant Howitt, who Coleman reports is a veteran role-playing game miniature designer, intended the game to be a fun thing for groups to do as a one-off, which explains why he let it go for free. Here's how the game works. All of the PCs are bears, and the goal is to steal a ton of honey from some stronghold. That's it. Now, the specifics of how and why come from, wait for it, the Honey Master, or HM. Yeah, come on, that was way too cool. The HM can either create these specifics or roll on the chart on the one page of rules to have it. The game uses a single D6 and a whole lot of creativity. Again, this game has been very well reviewed, with the majority of reviewers giving it a five-star review. And if I'm being honest, the fact that Critical Role utilized the rules for their own one-shot tells me it's fun enough and gives the ability for characters to be ridiculous and outlandish enough for the one-shot to be entertaining for all. To this point, I've got to give Coleman props. The first two games on this list are pretty damn cool. It could also be argued that anybody in the family could play them without too many issues. However, what if you want something a little more adult? I mean, I don't mean like porn, but like situations you wouldn't want your five-year-old to role-play, but maybe you'd be okay with your 13-year-old role-playing. <laughs> you know what? Let me just get to the next point before one of you decides to call the cops. Cthulhu Dark is the third game on Coleman's list, specifically the free version. So I've talked about Call of Cthulhu in previous episodes of this podcast. The short version is that Cthulhu is based on the Lovecraftian type of cosmic horror that H.P. Lovecraft pioneered. Thus, the reason I just called it Lovecraftian. Duh. This free version is available from multiple sites online, but I'm advocating for getting it from DriveThruRPG.com and spending three bucks because that three dollars goes to the creators, Graham Walmsley, Catherine Jenkins, and Helen Gould. The free version is a one-page set of rules that covers everything you need to know. Much like in the larger game, Insanity is a primary stat as well as a distinct possibility for your character. Coleman noted in the article that players technically can't fail their mundane skill checks in Cthulhu Dark unless they choose to. On a low roll, their characters just barely succeed, while a high dice roll means they succeed with style. However, investigators who try to stand their ground and fight a Lovecraftian horror will inevitably die in the process. Again, the reviews I've seen for this version are very good, and $3 is nothing to pay for a good game. That page, along with a few six-sided dice, are what you need to make your night a horrific one. The final game on Coleman's list is Tunnel Goons. Tunnel Goons was published by the Highland Paranormal Society and is available for free from Nate Trem, that's N-A-T-T-R-E-M-E dot itch dot I-O. Now, the original version of this game is a mere four pages long. However, I noted when I got to the site that they've updated their rules a couple of times as well as added printable character sheets. I also noted that they have Spanish and Portuguese language versions of the rules available, so if your primary language is either one of those, you don't have to deal with a lousy translation. And I say that because oftentimes the translations of rule books are lousy, with the translation being literal, but the more subtle meanings being literally lost in translation. I'll go to Coleman's article for the summary of the game. In Tunnel Goons, players are nice people who explore dungeons in the vein of old school Dungeons and Dragons. 
When faced with a challenge, they roll two six-sided dice and add bonuses from their three abilities or inventory items to see how well they do. Character customization revolves around acquiring useful gear and tools. Tunnel Goon's backstory-generating character table implies a world setting of magic, caverns, and clockwork recently devastated by Civil War. Again, we're looking at a game that's simple for anyone to learn and play, and the setup is minimal. All you need are the rules, of which there are four pages, plus six-sided dice. And like the previous entries on this list, this one was exceptionally well-reviewed, so I'll recommend it as well. So, those were the games from Coleman's article. I liked all four of them, but I'm looking at the runtime for this show, and I've realized if we stop now, we're going to be really short. So, with that being said, I set off in search of some more games with few rules. This led me to the Dicebreaker.com site and to the article 10 Best Rules Light and Storytelling Role-Playing Games for Beginners. Written by Sarah Elsom and posted on February 14th, 2020, this article goes to some of the same areas that Coleman's article did, though I should point out that they do not cover the same games, which, hey, that's a bonus for us. So first up on this list is Fiasco. Created by Jason Morningstar and published by Bully Pulpit Games, Fiasco is marketed as a GM-less game for three to five players. Sarah Elsom noted that it's inspired by movies like Fargo and Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, by the way, both of which I've seen. So, how does it play? Okay, first off, let's get into what each player needs. Four six-sided dice, two each of two colors. So like two white and two black, or two red and two blue, you, you get the idea. The group needs the Fiasco playset, along with the tilt table and aftermath table, and then each player will need a pen and paper. Now, once this is done, play moves into the setup phase. During this phase, the players first settle on the playset being used, then each player rolls their dice. Players then go around the table and choose dice using their value. These values allow players to select groups, which will come into play as they work out their relationships to each other. Then they need to establish needs, objects, and locations. After all of this is done, each player shares with each of their neighbors one of their relationships and one of either their needs, objects, or locations. Players then discuss who their characters are, what they're called, and how they relate to each other. They also discuss any of the objects, locations, and needs that they share. And I realize that this dry explanation might seem a little bit confusing, but checking out the rules, this is actually very easy to do and goes really, really quick. So just, you're, you're going to have to trust me on this one. Okay, so once you get that done, you move into Act 1, then the Tilt, and Act 2. Look, needless to say, if you're not into role play, and I mean R-O-L-E play, this game is not going to be for you. This game is heavy on the role play, and as Sarah pointed out, it plays like a Coen Brothers movie in a box. I haven't played it, but I've checked out the rules, and I would agree with that. I would also note, if you're into the dark humor of Coen Brothers films or you know, that, the, that particular genre. This game will be for you. It's been very well reviewed. It got a second edition, though I should note that the second edition is a card-based game rather than the role-playing game I've been describing. If you're looking for it, the best place to find it is at Amazon, though I would try your local game shop first if you've got one in your area. After all, I believe in throwing your local business the money first. Next up, we trade the axes of traditional role-playing games for the axes of the musical variety. 
Umlaut, Game of Metal, is the next game on the list. Published by Lord of the Pies, Umlaut is another GMless game perfect for those who really just want to role play, R-O-L-E play. The goal of Umlaut is simple, score booze, babes, and fame as the best metal band in the world. Each player will have the opportunity to prep and narrate, with the idea being that each player will create and control their own metal band. While I didn't get to see an actual copy of the rules, and none of the reviews I read broke them down much, both Sarah and Lord of the Pies state that the rules are simple and work more towards the idea of storytelling than die rolling. Again, it's about the tightness of your leather pants, the screech of your lead singer, and how fucking metal your band can be. Sarah noted in her own review of this game that it can be quite silly, which I would expect, but her review, as well as several others I read, were glowing. This would be a good one-shot game, especially considering the silliness of the concept. It's available in PDF form from the Cubicle 7 website for about 10 bucks. But for this much metal madness, rock on. All right, I'm going to do one more game off Sarah's list, and it's another fun GM-less game. Goblin Quest, created by Grant Howitt, sees the players each controlling five goblins. Not at the same time, mind you, but in sequence. You see, goblins don't last very long in this game, which is indicated by the subtitle of the game. A game of fatal incompetence. So, the goal of the game is to accomplish a basic task, which your goblins will probably fail to do, in the most hilarious ways possible. In that way, I would compare this game to Toon, which I reviewed about a month or so ago here on the podcast. At its core, Goblin Quest is about seeing how many different silly ways you can kill your goblins or by very rare chance, actually accomplish the goal that was set out for you. In the blurb on the website for the game, they offer up an example of the silliness contained. Goblins tried to make an omelet. 17 of them died. Now, you can purchase the PDF of this game, which is 120 pages, by the way, from gshoitt.itch.io for 15 bucks. This version of the game offers a few alternate setting ideas. One of these really drew my attention. The Sean Bean Quest. Instead of goblins, you play five Sean Beans in sequence, with the idea being to try to survive to the end of the movie. Right? They also have the My Name is Inigo Montoya Jr. version, as well as several others that are just as silly. Reviews for this game have been excellent, between four and five stars, so I will again recommend this book highly, especially since you don't need a GM, which means everybody gets to play. Yay! And I do apologize for including a 120-page rulebook on a list of low-rules games, but for the simplicity of this game itself, I felt it deserved to make the list. Before we do anything else, I need to thank Coleman Galleretto and Sarah Elson. Their articles literally made this episode possible, as in my panic state when my first option went south, I had actually considered not doing a new show this week. So, thanks guys for bailing me out. And with that, we come to the end of this week's tour, even though this episode's a little bit shorter than usual and shorter than I wanted. Next week, we kick off 2022 with one of my absolute favorite campaign settings of all time, The Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons & Dragons classic, and it might very well be your favorite too. 
Okay, as a reminder, coming up on Sunday, January 9th, I'm going to be on Twitch on Tales from the Tavern, which is a show done by Twitter user GamerMomLuna. She has several members of the gaming community on, and Twitch chat drives the episode. So get ready to join us at 7 p.m. U.S. Central Time on the 9th for that, and support her and me and ask a lot of really cool questions. Uh, you'll have more information on this next week since it'll be the last new podcast before we hit the show. The music we use for this show comes from Pixabay.com, and I highly recommend using them if you need music for your project. I would also note that starting this week, our YouTube stuff. So when we replay the previous week's podcast, and then I did the live audio, or live, I did the new audio episode this week that's on YouTube. They have a new background. Granted, it's just rolling dice, but it's it's live and it's rolling dice. So that's kind of cool. I got that from Pixabay.com. So check it out. We're making some improvements, trying to make your life a little easier. Of course, without you, we have no show. So thanks for giving us a really good 2021. Here's the 2022. As always, you can follow us. Facebook, Role Playing History Podcast. Twitter, at Role Playing P. YouTube, Role Playing History Podcast. You know what to do when you get there. And this week, you've got a YouTube-exclusive show. So if you haven't thought to try it before, maybe this week's the week to try it. Email us, roleplayinghistorypodcast at gmail.com. I am very well aware that today's episode drops on the final day of 2021. It's been a hell of a year for me, both personally and professionally. I hope this day finds you well, and if you're not doing well, please reach out for help. You might not think help's available, or that anybody wants to help, but you would be wrong. And I'll say this, if I'm the one you need to reach out to, if I'm the only person you feel like you can reach out to, Hit me up, okay? I gave you all the ways you can reach out to me. You reach out, I'll do my damnedest to do everything I can to help you out. I mean, I don't have any money or anything, but I'm willing to talk to you. I'm willing to try to link you to whatever services we can try to link you up to to get you the help you need. I say all of that because I want you to understand you are not alone. Let's do our damnedest to make 2022 better than 2021. And let's try to be better to each other in the new year. All right, here endeth the preaching. Next week, we head into the Forgotten Realms. There is a ton of history there, so get yourself ready for a longer show. But that's next week. Until then, Happy New Year! I'm Wayne Davis, and you're Open History.